The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process, KSCBE. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, Joel Embiid and Seth Curry lead the Sixers to victory in Boston. Daryl Morey sends a love note to me with a 10-day contract. The Sixers go into partnership with a shell company from China and my exchange with a former Sixers CEO. Before we get started, I mentioned stateside. Oh, boy. So Mike is in Philly, so he's this probably came to his house. You you didn't get these before you left, did you? The the surfside? Oh, you're you're muted. I can't hear a word that you're saying. But now, now. there you go. There Great. you go. Well, so far so good. Drinking black label bourbon stateside zone. Ah, there you go. Your your volume sounds really loud. Did you is your Great. Okay. <laughs> it just sounds overmodulated, but whatever. Well, you know. We're see. figuring it out. Oh, We're in uh, Philly. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, so anyway, stateside, uh, he's drinking the Black Label bourbon. They have a new product, which you can see if you're watching on YouTube, Surfside Iced Tea and Vodka. Now, you might be saying, oh, there are other iced tea, like vodka drinks or whatever. Well, here's why Surfside is better. The other ones are carbonated, and iced tea is not supposed to be carbonated. So Surfside is not carbonated. Also, all these other ones have tons and tons and tons of sugars. They're like 200-some calories. Not Surfside, only three carbs, only 100 calories. And here's the best part. I tried it, and I was so excited when I told my wife, I'm going to have some right now. It's not like overly sweet. I feel like so many of these things are so like sweet, but this actually just tastes like iced tea. Uh, it is awesome. Surfside iced tea and vodka. You can only get it on the website right now, statesidevodka.com. You can't get it in stores yet. It will come. comes in this amazing can. Thank you, Stateside, for sending us this. And the other thing before we get going, happy eighth anniversary to Michael Shankman from your wife, Julie. Eighth anniversary, right? Yes, eighth anniversary. They, said eight. they are listeners, and you know, I don't I don't know what else about them other than they're listeners and Julie. For your, I guess, you know, the first anniversary is glass and the second anniversary is wood and the third anniversary is aluminum. The eighth anniversary is a shout out on a podcast. That's right. So congratulations. We love you, even though we don't really know you, but it feels like we know you. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Forever. 
Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is celebrating the Danny of the year. Perhaps that is Mike Levin. Boy, that really was. It that was really so was good. the Danniest Danny that we've ever had. Uh, God bless him. Yes, we're. I'm in Philadelphia. There you go. We are pressuring our family to wear masks and get tested as often as possible. It's very fun. Holiday season. But we're drinking both some stateside vodka and the beer Alyssa didn't want to drink. So mm. we're locked in. I, I imagine you hiring a tester just to hang around the living room to test people every I 10 would. minutes or so. I totally <laughs> would. If those were for sale, absolutely would. Because, you know, we're hounding, you know, seven-year-olds to take their tests and all the Very fun. Very fun. This is what we should be <laughs> doing. We're having I'm a great sure time. I'm sure they love it. Adam Silver <laughs> is here. He's having a blast. Uh, every, everybody's doing great. So before we get deep into the game, I want to stay on the Danny of the year. So... Danny, Danny Green in a close game. Danny Green, who loved Danny Green, hit a big shot in that game. Danny Green has been an important part of the Sixers the last two years. Of course, dribbles the ball right out of bounds. Looks like he just had a, a stroke or something. Like he just stopped dribbling the ball. It looked like he thought he was going to get fouled. The interesting thing was that Jason Tatum did foul him. Yeah, grabbed him from behind physically. Now, it was after he had let go of the ball out of yes. bounds. Still a foul, though. The ball wasn't out of bounds when Jason had grabbed him. The ball bounced inbounds, and it hadn't landed out of bounds yet. So it should have been a foul. Very clearly should have been a foul. And they they were just like, the rest that so sucked too much yeah. <laughs> for us to award you a foul. You dribbling all alone out of bounds. So for people, people might have missed... The, the Danny of the game, or Danny of the year in this case, which I agree that it is, mm-hmm. is basically Danny is a very solid, compact, good two-way player, older later in his career, but still very helpful on both ends. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, he will just do a thing that his brain will leave his body entirely mm-hmm. and watch as he makes the most bizarre mistake anyone has ever made. And he does that... Usually once a game. It averages out to once a game. Sometimes it's, he doesn't do it. Sometimes he gets it a couple more. But it's really, it's very clear on average 1.0 times per game. And this time it happened in a, after a pretty good game mm-hmm. uh, when, when he had a fast break to seal the game. Like this was like, you could tell, you could see him realize in the moment, like, I'm going to yeah. have a dunk. I'm going to dunk. I'm going <laughs> to ice this thing. We're going to be up, whatever, five or six. And he just, for no reason... <laughs> dribbled it out of bounds, then was bear-hugged by a confused Jason Tatum, who should have just let it happen, and the refs were like, it's fine, it's, out, it's off on you, because that sucked. Um, don't, you, don't, you think, don't you think saying he dribbled it out of bounds is sort of overestimating what actually happened? He just stopped dribbling almost. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think what happened was three, he had three things going through his head at once. One, he's like, oh, they're going to foul me. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing he was trying to decide was sort it of like— clear, It would have been a clear path foul, very right. clearly. The other thing he was trying to decide was the it's the Brian Mitchell. Like the Brian Mitchell, should I dribble it out to the three-point line and sure. make it take more time, or should I lay it up? Yeah, and or should I was... pass it to a fan, like, nearby? <laughs> Unbelievable. He, he had it's so like many... those things, you know how sometimes, like, in fantasy movies or whatever, or any, any science fiction things, where, like, the, the movie pauses and, like, one character yes. can, like, do stuff, but everybody else is, like, frozen in place. Mm-hmm. It seemed like that happened, and the ball had just left him before it came back, and he was like, how did this go on? It is incredible how often he does this, 
and how reliably he does this. Yeah. Um, but we love him, and I love I love Danny. I would love to would love to ask Danny about this. I would love yes. to know his mindset because, and I would want to know if he'd be offended by that, because he probably would be. But it really comes from a place of like I love Danny. I think he's very helpful to winning basketball games, but he does he does this, and it's happened a lot of times in his career. It happened very famously in the NBA Finals for the Lakers when he had a wide open, I think it was Markeith Morris, wide open, he decided to take a three. They ended up winning anyway, but uh, he just does this, and I want to know what he thinks about it, but he won't. So, I think he'll be offended, so that'll be upsetting. Yeah, I wish... I, I haven't watched that many uh, different interviews with him. I'd love to get him on, but he doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy who could go, oh, yeah, that's me, like, my bad. Maybe. Like, he does seem to make fun of himself. He seems to have really? a good humor about himself. He he runs weird. I also run weird, so I would I would approach that from a similar place. I'd love to have him on. Yeah. Sixers, if you're listening. So before we talk about the rest of the game, Mike, we for the Apple Podcast Five Star Review, we are at two thousand nine hundred ninety five. So five more ratings, and I read all of the reviews on a podcast, maybe before twenty twenty two, from two thousand to three thousand. This comes from Samuel M- Milligan. The subject line is, I still believe in Haywood Highsmith. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. There you go. Looks Some like poetry. Yeah. So the Sixers win a game when they get one point from their bench, one whole point. A game that essentially was because Tyrese Maxey was out, was run, was like two-man game the whole time. Like it was... Mm-hmm. The, in the beginning of the game, Tobias Harris was, was pretty hot, but then it was basically the Seth Curry and Embiid show. I don't. It was it was a great win. I mean, I love winning in Boston. It is this is the 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 frustration of this team. Like I, I think this is just what happens when a team only wins half their games. Is that you go from a game where you you just rather do anything than ever watch them again. And you're sure that they're a lottery team to a game like this where you're like, oh, shit, there's one of the, like the three or four best players in the league is on the team. And Seth Curry hits from everywhere. Or they can beat anybody. But I guess that's just sort of what it's like cheering for a team that has a great player but isn't that good. Yeah, I mean, Embiid has had a tough season in, in as far as injuries and COVID goes. And also his mid-range just hasn't been there as much as it was last year. Yeah. But he was really locked in in this yeah. game. Um, From a decision standpoint, too, I think as a passer, he was pretty locked in. And yeah, for the most part, know, yeah, for yeah. the most part, very locked in as a passer. But you know, move the ball well. I, I it always baffles me when he holds on to the ball too long in the post, and they like allows the double to come and and really harass him basically. And it, mm-hmm. so that's frustrating. And I think the team as a whole uh, a la- w- was very unaware that Marcus Smart was going to try to jump every single pass, mm-hmm. and they got burned by it a lot. And because Marcus Smart watches the Sixers also, and is like these pe- these people play slow and and very obvious where the pass is going to go, um, but it was overall a pretty good passing game. I, I love the way Joel found Matisse under the basket. I feel like yep. Matisse doing that, he needs like at least two of those a game. Like they they ignore him, and he he needs to have two wide open dunks per game when they just he just gets left because no one's covering him. Um, but it's interesting. Like I don't know. After the game, I was like that game ruled. Embiid kicked ass. Uh, Seth was impressive. Tobias played well. Mestiz did enough. 
uh miles powell played we'll get to miles powell obviously we will. We will. um but it's in the moment watching this team you're right now you're just like i just don't believe in them at all in any way um and especially without maxi and shake in this in this instance because every, everybody's out with covid um maxi without with a quad but you're just it's it's not a even though i can take joy in like individual things the team as a whole is so flawed that I am struggling with. I don't know if other people are as well, but I'm struggling with just like finding, like things to care belief about in them, watch. like on on any other level. And I, and I and I went into this season kind of knowing that and kind of being like, look, this isn't the season. They don't have Ben. They haven't made the trade yet. Let's just go in expecting whatever and see how the young guys improve. But because they're such a specific kind of frustrating, like Tobias and Seth both shooting three for three from three. And only taking three three pointers each is like maniacally upsetting. That that there's a lack of like, it's it is inexplicable that that is the case. That there are diagrams around. And there was a whole I think I didn't listen to this, but people online did, and then I responded to it. George Niang was on JJ's podcast and said like, and they were talking about, oh yeah, Doc doesn't practice during the regular season, and it's like they should, they they should practice during the regular season, like yeah. they should try to practice before a game or run through something, anything where they work on their offense because Doc just going like, like speed it up on the bench like isn't working, it never works, it's not going to happen unless, and their best offense right now is just Joel taking the ball, and bringing it all the way up court and starting the post up because. Everything else takes such a long time unless it's a maxi screen with him going right. Like, there's just, not, there's just nothing else that they, that they can do on a level that is quick and decisive. So it's interesting. But the game rule, like, they, they, they beating Boston in Boston is excellent. Like, especially with, as shorthanded as they were. And I want to feel good about it. But the team frustrates me still to the point that I find it hard to enjoy them on any sort of pure level. Yeah. Some games that they win, I'm like, ah, I still don't feel... Winning in Boston is... Kind of fun. And yeah, yeah. but I I agree with you on the whole that the thing about Doc not practicing, look, a lot of teams don't practice a lot during the year. There's just not a lot of time and you want your players to heal. But he was known to cancel practices with the Clippers to go play golf. He did that. That's a thing that happened. Like Doc Rivers canceled practice in L.A. to go play golf. This guy, I don't think he's the biggest problem on the team. I don't even really care about the coach. But I just don't think he cares that much. I think he only takes frustration out of the team. I think he takes very little joy. I think that's why he is the way he is in press conferences. He's just irritated all the time. He's like, why am I doing this? I got to get a a Q-tip up my nose every day. I'm 65 years old. I've made $100 million. I don't fucking need this. But it is $9 million a year. Uh, I don't know. Is it it $9 million a year? uh, Something like that. Yeah, because Daryl's making right around the same thing. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's my guess. That's a lot of money. So, Mike, we're recording this before the Eagles-Washington game, immediately yeah. before. Also, I'm wearing DraftKings underwear. Did you get your DraftKings underwear in the mail? Spike, I'm also wearing DraftKings underwear. <laughs> I'm wearing I mean, it right now. So am I. Can I see? I mean, do you want No, to, you can't see it. But you, want to see, you can trust, trust me. I don't the want to see yours either. Okay. But I trust you, and I hope you trust me that we're both wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're, this is like the the Wayne's World scene with the the sponsors with the the state side of the. Anyway, thank you DraftKings <laughs> for sending the underwear. So people won't hear this until likely after the game or maybe even during the game. Just a couple of quick questions for you. The Eagles are minus nine today against Washington. What is your? What would you? What side would you take? I mean, they better. 
Yeah. Like they better. It's Garrett Gilbert. If Garrett yep. Gilbert Joe webs us, I'm going to be furious. It's a Tuesday night. It's the memories are bad. So they push they push the game for no reason at all because as if like in 2 days it'll all be solved. Like I it's going to be very upsetting. If they lose this game, I will help burn the city down. <laughs> and Hurts is his over under passing yards is 188.5. I feel like if they win, he throws for like one forty six yeah. or something. And, that might, and, that might be a that might yeah. be an under. That yeah. might be an under with a win. I might parlay yeah. the under with the win. There you go. Same game parlay it. It is Christmas week. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, wants to hook you up. If you're a new customer, bet five bucks on any NBA team and win hundred fifty in free bets if they win. There you go. If you're a new user, use code RTRS. Bet five bucks on an NBA team. If they win, you get hundred fifty in free bets. And you can get, also get in on the holiday free bet surprise. Everyone gets a free bet up to 50 bucks instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. Love DraftKings. They sent us underwear. Fucking love it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook We really app didn't plan. I didn't tell no. you I was wearing the underwear. And you, no. you never tell me what underwear you're wearing. So this is, a, this is a real coincidence. You sure you don't want to see it? I'm positive, yeah. Okay. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS. Uh, bet just five bucks on any NBA team, win 150 bucks in free bets if they're victorious. It's promo code RTRS. This Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and of Christmas. Must be 21 or old, older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are a couple roster moves, and I think there was some sadness, and there was also some excitement. Let's... Let's go with the sadness first. The Sixers wave Grant Riller. Just real, just a real bummer that he couldn't get healthy. Yeah. Like, he had the meniscus, and then he had the shoulder, and then he decided, like, because of the chaotic nature of this year, he should just, like, get the surgery on the shoulder and then basically shut himself down for the season, which is really sad. A he's an NBA sixer. player. A true 100% sixer. he's an NBA player. Uh, he didn't get a chance to show up for the Sixers, but there, there was some report, I forget where I saw it, but, like, this... It's like he they they plan on being a part of his future in some way. Like I think in in some respects, if he comes back next year, maybe they have the another two way spot for him or a fifteenth roster spot or something. Um, he's he's a good player, I promise. But he's also injured, and they need they need they need the bodies. So uh, they sign Miles Powell, Seton Hall's Miles Powell, Trenton Miles Powell, mm. um, Gus Gus Johnson, one of the best broadcasters. Very clearly, very fun. Uh, had the iconic line uh, in a in a Seton Hall game where after Miles Powell went crazy, Trenton makes the world takes, which is obviously written on the bridge, which is a very, very bitter bridge that I love. Yeah, saying that on a bridge, we need more very like salty things written on bridges. Um, he's great. He's small in that he's six one, but he's got a, a, a decently long wingspan. I think it's like six five or six six. Uh, so he can hang a little bit. He just shoots, man. He's a, he's From an anywhere. absolute he's an absolute bucket. He is uh, he was the offense at Seton Hall, and so I'm interested to see what him like. I was really praying last night as watching the game, like just allow him, just somebody kick it out to him off the post if they double off his guy because he's a really good shooter. He shot 45 percent from three in the G League for for the next G League team. He's he's just solid. Like I don't think he's not going to be. You know, Marcus Howard is playing playing minutes for Denver right now. Point guard from Marquette. They they had a bunch of really uh, 
really great one-on-one battles in, in the Big East. Both of them are in the top 10 uh, Big East scoring all-time list, which is pretty cool. Um, and that's something I know because me and Patrick were avoiding work the other day by naming the like top 50 Big East scorers of all time. Just sort of a window into what my writing process is like. And, uh, and Miles Powell's good. He's going he's gonna to shoot. He's going to score. Not super athletic. Uh, not great defender. Not really a great passer, but he's going to shoot, and the seems, and he's going to shoot quickly, and that's what the team needs. And I'm excited to see him. Like, if he gets hot for like a quarter, I'll just be thrilled about it. When I was watching his YouTube, the way he shoots, just sort of anywhere, anywhere quickly, did mm-hmm. remind me of uh, what's his fuck, the white kid that played against the same year as Kemba Walker in the NCAA, Jimmer, Jimmer for that. Like, he just sort of like launches from anywhere, doesn't care how covered he is, like. Yeah. I just he's very fun to watch. I hope it translates a little bit into the NBA. It doesn't always with players like that because you know, he's not he's not super athletic or anything, but I would love to see I would just like, love to have one game where he hits like six threes in a quarter or totally. something like that. Yeah. That's that's really all I'm asking for. I, I he's not, you know, the the upside I don't think is really that much there, but um he can score, he can shoot like and the team needs those decision making quickly. And I also feel like with a two-way spot, and the Sixers really haven't, to my knowledge or to my memory, like maximized this that much. But like having a hometown kid be on the two-way spot and like play on, on the team and be like thrilled to be here mm-hmm. and be just like playing his ass off for his NBA life and trying to maximize it, like that's just awesome. That's just really very cool. And for you know, for h- however many games he gets, he he might not get anymore. I hope I hope he gets an opportunity to shoot a little bit because he really is like a, a special shooter. And the difference between like a a six one shooter and a six six shooter that like gets more opportunities is like simply height. It really is. Like there's there's plenty of guys that are like six six that can shoot them and they're like Duncan Robinson. And if Duncan Robinson was six one, like he wouldn't be in the NBA. Like it's really just height. Right. Yeah. But yeah. in the in the like the way Seth Curry has he's a very different player, but like the way Seth is just like I just you have to as you get smaller, the like the, your window becomes shorter. Yep. From from when you can like get, you have to shoot like he shot forty five percent from three in the G League, so he's like he basically has to do that. Um, so it's unlikely he sticks, but give me like give me a quarter and I'll feel I'll feel absolutely thrilled. The other thing that happened, I, I don't know that's happened officially, but it seems like he'll be ready for Thursday's game. Is a play? It's rare that this happens. It's True. sort of it sort of reminded me of when Brian Colangelo drafted Timothy Luawu Cabarro and Furkan yeah. Korkmaz for us. Yeah. I've been begging the Sixers to sign Tyler Johnson. You really have. For like six or seven years. You really have. I have my list of guys is like thousands long and yours is like six long. And and Tyler Johnson is one of your guys. I'm I'm happy for you. You needed it. Thank you. I I uh I I turned on Twitter in the like the middle of the day at work and there was a lot of people adding me with the with a Woj tweet and I was like, what the hell happened? I was like Oh my God, I can't believe this is real. So I'm glad that everybody thought of me. Thank you, Daryl, for signing Tyler Johnson. I think Tyler Johnson's a winning player. He's probably past whatever prime he has. Yeah. But he is a player that the idea of him with the former starting point guard of this team would have worked in that he doesn't really need the ball. He does shoot. He does play defense, all that kind of stuff. But I'm glad to have Tyler Johnson. He is, he is a uh, he's scrappy. He is scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I believe in the shot. I don't know that I believe in the defense. Uh, I like that he's ugly as hell because obviously being handsome hasn't worked for this team at all. No. If he sucks, like if he objectively sucks, will you like 
still ride for him or will you be like i i want to i want to know like going in because there's a lot of pressure for him being like this is a spike guy this is a spike guy more than anybody else really in the league and if he sucks it's going to come back to you on that so i want to know like going into it right now this might be the best you ever feel about tyler johnson so i want to know like like if, and if he makes plays and if he like wins them a game or has a couple big moments, then like then you'll get to luxuriate in that. But if he sucks and he's like, this guy's washed as hell, are you going to say that? So this reminds me, I always say that this about getting a job or actually graduating college is actually similar. When you get a job and, and you're in the field that I am, the best day of that job is the day that the press release comes out. And then everything after that is just work or whatever. So the best day of them signing Tyler Johnson is them signing Tyler Johnson. I will ride for him. I, I do think it's possible that they got him late. But I might as well just defend him at every turn sure. going into this. And I, that's what I'm going to do. And I already – I still don't know what number he's going to be. Is he going to be – do we have an eight? On I haven't the seen it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what number he's going to be. I will order a jersey almost right away. This is such. This is an enormous moment for me. I hope when they eventually make the Portland trade that they get um, uh, Anthony Simons. But like Tyler Johnson is the guy. So really, really excited. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the you know one of the things. Obviously, COVID is extremely frustrating. In the league that Adam Silver was on with Malik Andrews on uh, NBA NBA Today. Is that what it's called? Um, about the not shutting down show. the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, look, the players are going to get COVID anyway, whether they're here or they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they could do is have institute fewer fans or mandatory masking or mandatory vaccinations or maybe like more space between the players and fans like they used to have or whatever. And whatever the league can do to like help the support staff that's not wealthy owners and athletes and stuff. Um, people but, have to work for the teams in the arenas and stuff. If there's ways to to do that, be like because they're putting them in harm's way, even though they would be in harm's way back home as well. But that but they're like in in it for their job, and I hope they're doing whatever they can. And Adam Silver is like making that a point. I don't know if he is or not, but but by the way, as an aside, and you can listen to ten different experts say ten different things. But the 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 couple of people that Pablo Torre had on to talk about all of this. He asked him, he was like, well, should the should they have less fans? And he goes, if it makes you feel better, sure. He goes, but if somebody's right next to you or one seat away from you, he goes, your your risk is essentially the same. So, but who knows, right? So I, I you know, continue. Anyway, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, yeah. there's, it's a, who knows? It's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Obviously, it's not particularly surprising that they're saying like they're going to keep the league going. Yeah. Um, it, doesn't surprise me at all. Another reason to do it would be to serve to, if they were just were to shut down the league for a month, whatever, would be to serve as an example to the rest of the country, like they did last March. Like when the NBA shut down, it was in 2020 a holy shit moment kind of thing. And if people, I think if people see stuff happening and people eating inside and all the stuff, then people are like, okay, it's probably not that bad, that kind of thing. They clearly don't want to do that, whatever. But I will say, all of these. Everybody being put into COVID protocols and the NBA Players Association and the league coming together and being like, we need to have more roster spots and allowing those players to get like a ton of players that wouldn't have gotten NBA opportunities to get whatever 10 day contracts or two way contracts or whatever it is. That rules. That's very exciting. And I obviously love fringe NBA guys. They're like my favorite kinds of players. 
either like the best players in the league or guys that are just like fighting their ass off to get a roster spot and could help that aren't aren't that much worse than the like eighth player in the roster but because they have the reputation that they do then they get contracts whereas the like the 16th player on any roster or almost making a roster wouldn't but i think it's cool i think it's i think it's i think that's a a shitty benefit but it is a nice it is one one of the nice benefits of like hey these guys are getting to play in the nba miles powell played in the nba last night for the first time like that rules um so i'm happy for those guys by the way it means teams like there's less chance of them having to play 45 minutes or, oh, or yeah. somebody you know and, like and like get the, hurt the, more yeah the benefit of that yeah which so, the sixers had to do a bunch of times yep. like during the past two seasons which which yep. sucked i i think the the way like there's a million different ways to handle this uh i and i don't like i i actually don't see anybody that's handling it a way that i feel like is objectively wrong or crazy it's just people are trying to they're trying to get through it and this is the way that they're trying to get through it and you know i this this is a fun way like candidly to see like they weren't going to sign tyler johnson yeah and and the 10 dayers you know the story the 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 jordan uh, shakel's getting contracts san diego state like there's there's the, fun guys the like Miles all of a sudden story is fun getting like all that stuff is it's fun, cool so. and, and also obviously we're not get your booster if you haven't gotten your booster get your booster the they said 65 percent of booster eligible players have gotten them and a very small number of those players have had breakthrough cases and all of, almost all of them or all of them have been asymptomatic so please get your booster stay healthy let's keep this thing going so before we get to a very deep dive from our producer cj the first work he's done as a producer of the podcast on the sixers new partnership with a made-up company from china a shell company from china i would like to thank nick mead Nick Mead is the U.S. Rowing Male Athlete of the Year, and he is a Ricky listener. And he swore in his acceptance speech he would mention the podcast. Mike, here is Nick Mead. There are too many people who have helped me over the, 12, the past 12 years to possibly thank in a one-minute speech. So I'll just mention a few important institutions that have been key to my and my teammates' success at the training center. Firstly, Island Taqueria. For sustaining the entire Oakland Training Center, no matter what hour or day, except on Sundays. Secondly, to the Philadelphia 76ers, my friends at the Wright Sergi Sanchez, for teaching me to always trust the process, even in the darkest days, when progress is slow and the winds are hard to come by. There, there's not enough time to thank anyone, so let me just pick out these few important institutions. Yeah. There we go. Now, getting listed behind the Sixers. Right, I noticed that also. Yeah. I d- don't love it. I don't love that part, mm-hmm. but... It seems like the Sixers have only harmed you, yeah, in ways. But and, and I get, I get why you want to be like, here's a funny thing. I'm not just going to say the rights to Ricky Sanchez on its own, <laughs> right? Because that is too weird. weird. But yeah. if I couch it behind the Sixers, then maybe it, it sort of like creates an umbrella of safety. And I get it. I get why you did that. But maybe it was he wants to ring the bell for for a yeah. He I, that's actually a good move. He, he'll yeah. probably ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. That's actually true. They had yeah. the fucking. TikTok YouTube, girls. YouTube people, whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I and you said we should ring the bell. It's it's embarrassing that we haven't. I've called Josh Harris a fuckface quite a lot, and yeah, so I'm not surprised that he doesn't want to be extending his fuckface hand to us mm-hmm. to allow us to ring the bell, which we rightfully deserve. Uh, but you know, I hope I hope Nick rowing Nick gets the gets a chance to ring the bell and wear and wear a Ricky shirt when he does it. Before we get to CJ and the Shell Company. 
Adam Kasabi and his team of realtors are not a shell company. They're a real company. They do not specialize in hiring famous people to teach classes online or whatever. Adam Kasabi, the process realtor, K-S-E-B-E, been telling you Kasabi is your guy and Kasabi's team to buy a house at the Delaware beaches or in Maryland. He has all Delaware covered. Delaware beaches, low property tax, yada, yada, yada. Or if you're going to buy a house anywhere else, you need a realtor. You go to Adam Kasabi. He gets you the right realtor, K-S-E-B-E, or if you need to refinance. But I'm going to give you a piece of urgency now because mortgage, mortgage rates are going to go up. Interest rates are going to go up. It's going to happen next year. Don't, I know it's a crazy market right now, but you don't want to do it when mortgage rates go up. And that's why you need Kasabi now. That's why you need somebody you can trust. That's why you need somebody who isn't a shell company from China. Adam Kasabi, K-S-E-B-E. He's taking care of you at the Delaware beaches. He is taking care of you the rest of the state of Delaware. He is taking care of you in Maryland. I bought a, I needed to buy a house in New Jersey. I went to Kasabi. Find me a realtor. Found me TJ. I went, not that TJ. I needed Kasabi find me a realtor, found me a realtor to sell my house. Adam Kasabi is the only guy you need, especially in this market. 302-864-8643. That's a sell. You can call him. You can text him. You can double check how to spell his last name. Adam Kasabi, 302-864-8643. Based out of Long and Foster in Bethany Beach. All right. So Sixers announced a partnership this week. And I did not have really enough time to spend looking it all up. So Color Star Technology is the name of the partnership. There was a picture of uh, Chris Heck shaking hands with what appeared to be a younger Chris Heck um, <laughs> in announcing this partnership. And I asked on Twitter. There I are said, so many Chris Hecks in the world. It's, un- yeah. it's an unbelievable amount. It's, it's 30 to 60 Chris Heck feral hogs just out there in everyone's backyard. <laughs> Waiting to be hired as someone's team president. So I asked on Twitter, I said, could somebody break this down for me? And then I snarkily said, wish we had a producer uh, to do this. And I got a, a, an angry text message from CJ. I emailed you about this and you never responded. I love is, it. Fuck him up, CJ. That's what happened. Which is true. So, CJ, do, do you want to tell us what this is and why it's so strange because it is fucking strange and all you need to do is go to their twitter account to see how fucking strange it is yeah yeah thank you guys um welcome to my presentation uh this is <laughs> the sixers are fucking weird my name is producer cj for the rights to ricky sanchez so on december 20th the 76ers announced the partnership with color star technology color star is an entertainment technology company with a global network that focuses on the application of tech and artificial intelligence in the entertainment industry. Okay, I do, I, so I don't know what that means. Am I supposed to know what that means? I think um, they purposely make it a little confusing. Yeah. Um, and it, as you find out, a lot of this is very new to them. Yes, they weren't always a tech company. Weren't always. Yeah. The, they're trading at 52 cents a share right now, which is, you know, a little odd. Penny stock dealing. Um, they want to focus on the rapid development of core technologies, such as its metaverse and non-fungible token products. Mm. There we go. That which lines up uh, their their partnerships also. And you know, if you're if you're listening to this, we're doing. There's a visual part of this on YouTube. Can you go back, CJ? I, I joked just one slide. I joked about the other guy looking like a younger Chris Heck. He does look like a bearded Chris Heck, right? I mean, 
his hair goes the same way. That they, they look almost like a Spider-Man meme. There's more on him later, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so next. We are thrilled to partner with the Philadelphia 76ers, a top-level NBA team, says <laughs> Lucas Caption, CEO of Color Start Technology. Two things I want to focus on. He <laughs> noted us as being a top-level NBA team, mm-hmm. very yeah. bold of him to say. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure if it's Caption or Capitian, mm. his last name, Capation. but I have... I, I have reason to believe that this man doesn't exist, so I don't really feel bad about <laughs> mispronouncing his his name. Is that the guy that shook hands with Chris Hack or no? So, yeah, so th- th- that would raise some questions as to who is this guy, who is Lucas. So the former can, CEO... Can I say, just real quickly, because yeah. when you go to the, the company's website that owns them, the whole thing looks like it is written with Google Translate from a different language. And that's what this quote looks like to me. We are thrilled to partner with the Philadelphia 76ers, a top-level NBA team. Is like written by somebody who doesn't even know what that means, or maybe a computer. I think. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm leaning computer, but okay. it, it could be either way. Okay. So so the former CEO of Color Star was named Basil Wilson. He started the position in June of 2021 and resigned six days ago. <laughs> six days ago, making Luke the third CEO in under one year. The third CEO of this company in under a year. No evidence suggests that any of these people are real. Talk to me about this picture. Yeah. More more coming soon. The SEC press release refers to Lucas, the new CEO, as Sir Lucas. Mm. That's that's his name, (laughs) Sir Lucas. Hat tip to Dan McQuaid on Twitter for pointing that out. A little bit like when you're on a, like, whether it's College Hoops 2K8, Shout out Ricky O'Donnell, and all of a sudden your na- your players' names are just randomly generated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, precisely. So I'm sure we noticed these pictures. These are grabbed from his LinkedIn because that is the only social medium that he appears to have if you look at all uh, scopes of the internet. It, this it looks, looks like, like some, a Game of Thrones thing. It looks like something that was made in Unreal Engine. He, he posted these pictures uh, accompanied by a thread of NFTs and, and the, the future of NFTs. It, it was a very simple explanation of it, but you can tell that I, I guess these, these are the NFT version of Lucas. But it doesn't end here. He has multiple <laughs> poses. Hmm. This one, he's you know sitting on thin air. And so, casual, so casual. Yeah, yeah in his fur uh, armor. His, his, yeah, his shoulder pad. But if you're a CEO, you need to have armor. Yeah, of course, and, and you never boots. know. Yeah. You never know the next CEO that could come in. Uh, it, it was reported that Basil Wilson resigned due to health issues. So huh. maybe, I'm not putting anything out there, but maybe Luke had something to do with it. He, Look, not, not existing is a very serious health <laughs> problem that people are dealing with. Very true, very true. So he, he has a ton of these uh, style of, of photos. So hmm. Luke... <laughs> this Luke, is great, too. This is great, too. This Luke, is, the, the Harvard thing is great. Luke claims to have graduated from Harvard Business School with an, and I quote, executive master of business administration master's degree. Per sure. a, a about section exist. on LinkedIn. And this picture looks like, so when, you, when, you're on a, when you're on a TV show and you have like actors come into wardrobe and they try something on, you get these like very like general pictures of, of what they look like wearing whatever char- wardrobe the character should be wearing. And they always look so kind of like uncomfortable. Sometimes they make like it look fun about it, but it's never like a cool picture. Like, cause it's just an uncomfortable way to be like, Hey, here's what I'm wearing. Do you like this showrunner? And this whatever animated character looks so like, is this cool? Like, 
do I do you guys like what I'm wearing? He, and he's in like a skirt and like high boots and leggings and also like sort of a very like a shawl of some sort and yeah. and so many like buckles and things. And, and if he, I was a showrunner, showrunner, I'd be like, please give him something else to wear, <laughs> something more normal, please. It it also looks like if you're you're dressing your character, you just got like six hundred gold, and you can dress your character. And and you're you're trying on the different things you can pay like you can buy with the six hundred gold and he'll spin around so you can see the back. Of <laughs> so and yeah. there's no such thing as this degree. Yeah, the getting there. So he yeah. he mentions master twice in in the title. <laughs> it's the executive masters um, executive of business master. administration master's degree. Yeah, that's not a typo. He he put that in there. <laughs> I, I didn't put masters twice. <sighs> The interesting thing when you go to his education tab is that it says he has an MBA in destructive growth. <laughs> that makes well, that makes perfect sense to me. Obviously, and, when you're trying to grow, you want to destroy, destroy things in your wake. Yes, yes, of course. And he graduated in December of 2021. Yeah, fresh. He just graduated. So, Lucas, congratulations on your new position as the CEO. Oh, he just graduated this month. <laughs> uh, per his LinkedIn, yes, he he just graduated this month. Um, and then, of course, uh, Spike mentioned before, hat tip to at D-L-A-O-T-1 on Twitter. The Harvard business does not offer an executive master's program. This is a, But a their destructive up. growth pr- program is, <laughs> is, is, is impeccable. Yes. Yes, of course. Top, top in the nation. So we got to ask, who are these fellows? We, we, we did a little deep dive into the CEO and, you know, what they stand for. But we, we want to know a little more about the history. So Colorstar Tech was formerly known as Hawaii Tao Technology. They changed their name in May of 2020 sure. and was formerly a professional company company specializing in concrete production and education services. Had tip to Nova Philly on Twitter for that one. So they spent most of their time as a company doing concrete so business. When you when again when you go to the the website that owns this thing and they talk about this company, one of the things that is a picture example of what they do is like a concrete brick. <laughs> They're the best. Cool. <laughs> so Moving on. So they went from maybe the most fungible thing there is, which is building concrete, to the least fungible thing. Non, it's non-fungible. Non, non-fungible. It's not yeah. fungible at all. Yeah, you're right. They, they're, they're big builders. Yep. What do they do? What, what, what type of product do they have out now that we can get? Well, they do have an app. There is an app called Color World that you can get. It's on the App Store. Sure. However, it has the interface of an app that was developed in 2009. It focuses on educational courses such as Shake Your Hips and Hum Practice. <laughs> as an entertainment professional, I need these things. This is all very helpful. Yeah. It has 281 ratings, nearly 5,000 less than the rights to Ricky Sanchez. But they claim to <laughs> That's have shade. over... That's shade. And yeah. I won't yeah. tolerate shade yeah. Yeah. for the Sixers' new partner that they're so excited to partner with. That's Color fair. I, I want some constructive criticism here. They claim to have over 1 million registered users, which seems a little fishy that they only have sub-300 ratings. Their Twitter and IG social presence, not the best. <laughs> it ranges from, as you see here to the left, stock photo Happy Halloween mm-hmm. post with ugly with QR, QR codes, code. with yeah. with yeah QR codes and what does the QR code take you to? Well. I guess someone's about to find out. <laughs> Happy Halloween, 
and obviously you need to like get your phone out to like cl- click on some shit. I assume it's a download link to the the app mm-hmm. for Color World. I gotta do it. Um, I gotta do it on the website. It doesn't work doing it on the screen. It, it is as stock photo-y as they can get. And but then the, the they have these they have these <laughs> photos. But then they also have these like HTML style press releases that are completely cut off. Like you go to the Instagram post and you can't see the beginning of the sentence. It's cut off the second half of a paragraph hmm. and it's only half of the screen, but they make sure to add those uh, QR codes in. So okay, so my, my antennas are up. That's the first thing. Everything else seemed cool to me. And now, but not having a full press release where half of it's cut off, that, that um, my interest has peaked a little bit. Yeah. And I'm asking some questions. It just yeah. takes you to the app. That's what yeah, the QR okay. code. That's that, that's and, what I figured. And the Twitter header advertises the Fearless Color World online concert. Yes, and it goes without saying that pretty much everything that they post is very, very low pixel quality. So <laughs> if you click it to enhance it, it is not making it any clearer. You yeah. you are having a very difficult time making out whatever they are trying to uh, display. Pixels are so expensive these days. Yeah. Okay. Especially money. when they're not fungible. Yeah. If, if they were still fungible, if they're still in into fungible. Sure, things, then you can expand, right? you can enhance, but yeah. if they're not fungible, you can't they're all it's it's blurry. Fung, yeah. Fungibility makes things blurry, and that's something that I understand. So for the big color star fans out there, I'm sure you noticed a little uh a little sneak peek of what's to come in the, the Instagram picture that Red Phoenix Entertainment liked the photo. Mm-hmm. Who is Red Phoenix Entertainment? Red Phoenix Entertainment is the broker that uh, dealt with this partnership. They work with American athletes to increase their global presence. They seem to be focused on Japan with former projects with Shaq, James Harden, Kobe Bryant, and more. As you can see here, James Harden wearing his Rockets red. And that's really the only reason why I'm not a professional athlete is that like, and and a really good professional athlete, is that I would be really bad at taking these random ass pictures with just like generic guys in suits where they're putting their hands in such strange positions where I have to pretend like, this is cool, I'm so happy to be here. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be good at that. And so that's why, that's the only reason. Yeah. That's- I mean, I'm not accusing anybody in this picture of anything like this. I want to be clear of that. But like, these are how, this is how you end up in a picture with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Like, this that's is right. how, like, <laughs> again, I am not accusing anybody in this picture of this, but that's why you don't take pictures like this. No, for you sure. And, who- and, and it seems like this whole ordeal is like, <laughs> Only by sheer luck, and maybe his death, why Jeffrey Epstein is not involved in this situation entirely. Right, right, yeah. It's not like they were like trying to avoid Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. It's just, a, it's just luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so let's circle back. Yeah. Who is this man? I would love to know. Of, of course, we know it's Chris Heck to the right. That's yep. right. How can we miss him? New Philadelphia, Chris Heck. Yep. New Philadelphia, Chris Heck. And then it looks like we have new, new Philadelphia, Chris Heck, <laughs> shaking his hand. You would think maybe, is this Lucas? Is this the CEO? Is this the man behind Color Star Tech N1 on Twitter? No, it's not. Who his is name it? is Jerome Heaps. He is a representative. What's his last name? Heaps. Spell it. H-E-A-P-S. That's not a, that's not a name. Yeah. That's he not is, a name at all. That's a, that's a computer-generated word. Yeah, they have heaps of NFTs. He is the vice president of a private equity firm based in New York City. Sure. So Josh that Harris is, is in. That's all you can find about this man. 
the template that I used for this presentation was a book review. So it, <laughs> it gave me this at the end. So I thought I would give it one star. Mm. Why one star? Why not zero? Because the colors are pretty fucking cool. They match well with the spectrum aesthetic. Yeah. They match well with the city jerseys. They match well with the new state side. Yeah. yeah no, nobody is. The colors are not are immaterial to our problems here. Colors are fine. Real, real quickly, the rest of the quote from Lu Lucas Capetian. We hope that this cooperation can enrich the content of our metaverse platform, Color World, and Great. hope that through NBA games and events, global audiences would have access to and learn more about our metaverse platform. We are sure this will be a win-win partnership. Cool. We believe a more in-depth strategic partnership with the 76ers will come along in the future. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Through, through the partnership with the Philadelphia 76ers, we would attract more users and attention to engage the Color World platform. We would. We Again, would. Does it, that, does it, that sounds like Google Translate, doesn't Isaiah it? Isaiah Joe is going to get abducted, and he's just going to show up in the metaverse in a Color World jersey and not be able to be escaped or found. And that's tough for us. Well done, CJ. Thank you. I, I close with when will it end? And I, I hand the mic off to Spike to give his CEO, uh, CEO story. story. Oh, my God. What a, right. a one-two. And that's how we, we will wrap it up with the CEO story right after. Wait, can we, can we I just want to react to that first for a second. Like, is this a Tad Brown thing? Like, is Tad at fault here? Is this what an, are they doing? What, what are, are they, they doing? doing? This is the, their, Twitter, their Twitter handle has like a one on the end of it. It's like Color World 1. It doesn't have like even yeah, Color Stack Tech 1. What are we doing here? What? Can can anybody just become a Sixers partnership? Does it cost like twenty bucks of like on of like fake online money? Is it? It the seems very. It seems club very very. Or? This whole thing is very very bizarre. Some like it's funny to like make fun of Jonah Bolden and Tobias and whoever is getting involved in this fake shit. But like when the entire Sixers organization is like we're pivoting from Crypto.com because the Lakers took it to cult this like fake company with a with a pretend person who is just like you know producing concrete six months ago it's not it doesn't like give, i don't think people are like oh this reflects poorly on daryl i i don't think it does it's not really under his purview at least most yeah. of it partnerships but like, it doesn't make me feel good about like the state of the organization that they can get duped by a fucking like fake company that has no real people working for it that is just like putting everything into some sort of Google device that goes like, and this is our statement. It's not great. Do you and remember, I'm drunk enough to say, I don't like it at all. <laughs> Do you remember when the city of Philadelphia paired up with that company to give everyone vaccines? And like two weeks into it, it was a yeah. total clusterfuck. And, and the company was like, whoops. We just start like we don't even know how to do this. Yeah, we don't even know why slack, they said guys. yes. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Very That's cool. Like, through you like look you forgive Manti Teo for being like okay it's yes. a, it's you could you could be duped by anybody online I've had I've never met CJ and him and I have had such a beautiful relationship together yeah but like when I've a whole corporation CJ. that is worth a lot of money that we have a podcast about and like a lot of people give a shit about like nobody gives a shit about like pick a rent like we don't you don't have fans of like T-Mobile like who cares mm -hmm. but like the Sixers have like. They they are they have season ticket holders and people that root for them and want them to succeed. And when they're like, yeah, we we paired up with like a phishing email, like that's our we got fished. That's our sponsor. Like that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Yeah. 
Scott O'Neill would never. Scott O'Neill would never do this. And I was so pro Tad. I was a big Tad head. (laughs) So speaking of Scott O'Neill, we have a CEO story coming up in a second. First, I want to tell you about a real company that makes fungible dog beds. That's right. Big Barker. Um, Actually, there was a new Big Barker process pup that we put up on the Instagram. Hold on. Let me get a... Let me get that dog's name because it's a cute little, cute little thing. Ivy. Ivy is now a process pup. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. I'm heading down to the Philadelphia area to bring my dog to see you know, my wife's family for uh, Christmas, and I have to bring the dog. I always have to bring the Big Barker because he will sleep nowhere else. If you have a dog and your dog doesn't have a Big Barker and you listen to this podcast, sometimes people email me and they're like, oh, you guilted me into getting it. Good. Good. You should be guilted because your whole job as a dog owner is to give that dog their best life. To have their best life, they should be comfortable when they sleep, they should be happy, and they should be healthy. This dog will keep the, this dog, it's not a dog, I'm not selling you a dog, dog bed. This bed will keep your dog healthy. This is the only dog bed engineered by experts to keep your dog healthy, to keep their joints away from the effects of arthritis and aging and those sorts of things. And you might say, well, my dog's not not that old yet, but your dog will get older. And the way that your dog sleeps now will affect your dog's energy, your dog's mobility, your dog's comfort as they get older. Don't fuck around. Get a real dog bed. Get a big barker. Um, is it more expensive than the dog bed that you're going to find in a like in a pet store? Yes, it's more expensive, but it's better. It is it's proven by PenVet to do all of these things, from tiny dogs to big dogs, even though it's called a big barker. There's all different sizes. And again, expensive, yes, but 10-year warranty. The foam does not flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. Try it for a full year. If you don't like it, if your dog doesn't like it, they'll give you a full refund, even pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big barker dog beds. Can you hear my dog? Yeah. Actually woofing. Actually woofing. Amazing. Oh, by the way, when you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you not only get the bed, you get the uh, patch as well. So I, I promised a CEO story, and everyone expected a Scott O'Neill story. But there's not a Scott O'Neill story. No. There was a CEO immediately before Scott O'Neill, and his name was Adam Aaron. Adam Aaron was the first CEO that the Sixers had after Josh Harris and David Blitzer bought the Sixers. Yeah. He, he meant well. He, he always looked like a guy that worked at Radio Shack or something and how he dressed. He wore like khakis and a blue blazer all the time. And he had, didn't know anything about basketball. And he was the one that loved the giant uh, T-shirt guns and confetti and all that kind of shit. And he used to go around the, the venue like just talking to fans. And the team sucked and they had Doug Collins or whatever. And he sort of seemed like a used car salesman, but he was a nice he was a nice guy. He was always nice to me. So now he is the CEO of AMC Movies. And he tweeted, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, can you put it up there, uh, CJ? He tweeted the other day a, a photo of him in a black and red flannel shirt and khakis, giant khakis. Join me tomorrow, December 19th at 7 o'clock at AMC Lincoln Square in New York City as I personally host an advanced screening of the highly enjoyable The King's Man uh, a few t- few seats left. I'm giving everyone in attendance a free soft drink and free popcorn. And folks, I know my popcorn. Okay. So I respond, Adam, am I invited? Now, like, I've responded to 100 Adam Aaron tweets. And since he 
rid himself of the Sixers, he never responds to any of them. So no. I didn't expect him to. It was performative. He, he did one time after Spencer Hawes had a good game, like sort of not even yep. just not even subtweet me, but like yep. call me out for like, are, isn't he good now? Well, he and obviously to, Spencer Hall is a very famously successful NBA player that led many teams <laughs> to championships. Well, he used to, after Sixers games, which is when I would be on on WIP late at night, he called in a few times based on what we were he saying. Did. I he did. I didn't know. Yeah. So anyway, so I respond, and five minutes later, I noticed I have a text message. Wow. Of course you are invited, he texts me. I'm stunned. I also don't want to go to the movies on Sunday night, but if there's a story to be had, I don't know, maybe I'll do it. I respond back, ha ha, hey man, let me ask my wife. I work in New York now, but we live in New Jersey. Great to see that you're doing well. And he's in your phone as at CEO Adam. No, so I, it's been so, I haven't texted or talked to him on the phone in probably 10 years. Um, so okay, I'm I trusting not, you about your boxers, so I'm trusting you about... Yeah. This Adam Aaron I, so, information. But, uh, CJ covered up his number up there. I just knew it was him. So so his response, that's right. He tells me the tickets are pretty cheap, but good seats are going fast. That's good. I and like that. text me the link to AMC Theaters. Yeah, helpfully, helpfully, here's the link. <laughs> he was the same link that was in his fucking tweet. I sent this shit to my brother. He was like, Adam Aaron nailed you. I mean, he just fucking obliterated you in text message, right? What is the, what is the notification silent thing? So what happens is if you turn your, um, your, your iPhone on silent or you're driving or something, when someone's texting you, they, will, they get that thing that the notifications are silenced. So if you don't respond, they know that you're not getting notifications. So not only did he send me the... <laughs> The ticket link that it said good tickets are going fast. He then silenced his phone so he would not see if I respond. Good. No, no notes for Adam. Doing yeah. his job. You fucking nailed me. Yeah. <clears throat> Famously decided to not allow masks in AMC or not require masks in AMC theaters because he didn't want oh, to be political. It was, come on. It was. Smart, smart. Look, avoiding avoiding politics is how to handle that is by allowing people to get very sick at your at your venue. They changed their guidance almost immediately. It was right. Absolutely. Um, But I I stand by him initially when he was saying, like, making any decision whatsoever is political. So I'm not going to make one. Good job. Well, I, I guess I appreciate you for having my back on this and going going right at <laughs> roasting him or something. He should have given you free tickets. I'm really bad at asking for free tickets. So it is on if you're gonna ask me to come someplace and you yeah. wanted to give it to me for free, you have to just say that because I won't ask because I don't know how to do it. I wasn't trying to ask. I was just assuming he was offering, right? Like right. but that first text, that's pretty much an I should assume that he's offering there, right? Shouldn't I don't know. I? He's saying I would love for you to be there. I'm going to take the time to look you up on my phone, see I have your number, and text, text you a link to the tickets. The idea that I would not take some of that sweet, sweet $17 from you. I get it. Tickets are going fast. They're going fast, so hustle. Finally, we leave you with a mailbag uh, email from a, uh, a disturbed listener 
he was disturbed with us. Write Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Remember to send us one basketball, one non-basketball question. Hey, gang, enjoy you both. Have listened since the first episode. Was listening wow. to the podcast Saturday with you all and the, quote, real O'Connor and couldn't believe you guys were all on board with tanking. This is absurd. I'm not, I'm not on board with tanking. LOL. Well, just let me finish the— Okay. I just want to, I wanted to clarify. Well— uh, this is absurd, LOL. COVID has ravaged the team, and even when they come back from COVID, it may take weeks for them to get back from normal. The, quote, possible Simmons trade and the lack of moving forward at a certain pace is a form of, quote, process. I think it will ultimately pay off if we wait a little longer and if we have enough on the team to be a top five seed in the East when, until the trade happens. The loss is hurt, and it's hard not to take them personally, but I thought both of you believed in Maury. It's best to wait. The disappointing part of the podcast the other day was you guys admitted you were jealous of the Cavs. The Cavs, a team with no expectations and young talent on their way to the first round exit in the playoffs if they make it. Based on one of the reports that came out a few months ago, Ben basically said the expectations were too high because of the success the team experienced his first full year and wasn't allowed to quietly grow like Giannis was. We don't want to be like Ben. We're better than this. What good would the ninth pick do? It's frustrating, but it's for the best. Enjoy the holidays. I yeah, just, I'm only I'm only jealous of the Cavs in the sense that like they're good and they didn't think they would be. And Evan Mobley is great. Love Evan Mobley. Darius Garland keeps improving. Darius Garland's um, awesome. And they have a bunch of good, you know. I think I, they'll probably land in the play-in. They keep beating teams, which is pretty wild. And Rubio is playing very well. Um, I think they'll still probably land in the play-in. I think the Sixers will probably also land in the play-in or the six seed. I think the idea that they host the playoff series this year is. But, gone pretty much i I just don't i don't think it's possible um but i don't think they should tank i mean Embiid is they have Embiid. like if Embiid is healthy they shouldn't tank that is the opinion i had last podcast that's the opinion i had now he's had a middling year some due to covid some due to like the people the players around him um and some due to him just missing some shots can i ask though because you were in the podcast and so i was in the podcast too and i know a lot of people overreact to everything i thought the conversation we had was a sensible conversation that showed all around the issue the pluses and the negatives and and even when moc said he was jealous of the calves he was saying because there weren't any expectations and it was fun and i i thought the conversation overall was a really like thoughtful interesting like you know, thought exercise of, yeah. you know, would you do this, you know? Um, and I think we all pretty much thought that you don't even really do this until the trade deadline anyway, you know? Uh, so whatever. I yeah, just, I mean, I just, I, I look at the Sixers and you're still waiting on the Ben trade and, and your point that you've made a, on a couple of pods is that like they didn't plan on having this season where just a, you know, max contract black hole is keeping them from on the court or or acquiring someone who would fill that spot. Yeah, and the Simmons thing, too, in addition to Harris. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> and so we're waiting for that to happen, and uh, and they're bad. Like, they're bad because of it. It's not unreasonable that they're bad. It's not ex- ex- surprising that they're bad. It's surprising that Tyrese Maxey has been, at times, as good as he's been. Um, I wouldn't trade places with the Cavs. I think Embiid is still a better player and projects to be a better player than Evan Mobley. But they're fun to watch. They're easy to watch. If sure. if they take if they win two playoff games, their fans will be like fucking awesome. Uh rightfully so. But the Sixers right now are just like they've they've just always had a ton of expectations. 
And right now they're just not good enough. And um, part of it is the Simmons thing. Part of it is signing a ton of guys and re-signing guys that are slow. And you just want around a post player guys who can make quicker decisions and also shoot when like he's going to clean up their defense no matter what. Yeah, I mean we're just we're just in a place where it's just we're just in a holding pattern, and it's weird to do two podcasts a week and have to have different takes about a, about like the holding pattern we in. But Embiid's wow. he, really good. Like he scored, he had an incredible game against Boston. Obviously, it was in his canter and he sucks. But like he was getting doubled all the time, and he moved the ball well for the most part. He hit a ton of crazy shots. I love him, and I ne- I never want to tank with him on the team. I have no interest in tanking with him healthy. If he gets hurt. Then we then it's a different story. But if he's but if he's there, I think the Sixers owe it to themselves. They owe it to Embiid and some other like helpful players in the roster to just like try to add that second piece that would blend with Maxi because I I really like Maxi. I like Maxi more than you do. I probably like him more than Moc does. Even though he's still young, he's going to make mistakes. If you can have a guy that that becomes a two way wing type, Jalen Brown, even Brandon Ingram, like. Even Zion, if he gets healthy, like some guy, there's some guys out there. There's not, I don't know. We have no idea. No one knows what the what the trade negotiations are actually like, and what Ben's trade value is at actual places, and what Daryl's holding on for. It's going to be more than CJ McCollum because he's just not good enough. Because Seth is Seth is basically as good as CJ McCollum right now, or almost. It you owe it to Embiid and how talented he is to like try to make it work and try to make it work for the for longevity. Even if it's not the season, even if they make the trade this season, it's still probably not the season. Like, we're going. We're we have a we have like a number one guy who is now leading the league. I didn't realize this, but leading the league in like clutch points per game, because like he's just so good. They play a lot of close games too. They play a lot of close games, and like he's the guy they're going to all that stuff. But like he's really good. He's incredible. He's the best sixer. I would say he's the best sixer, or you can argue with Iverson, but I, I probably would say because of Embiid's impact defensively, he's the best sixer in my lifetime. And like they owe it to him, they owe it to him to be good, and they owe it to him to try, and they owe it to him to let him try to make it work with whoever the fuck they have around him who's slow as shit. And to be clear, MOC, that the, the entire conversation was not about restarting the process. It was about you know one year, one year. And yeah. uh, and the, the last thing I'd say as a response is, what are you going to do with the ninth pick? Is like, I don't know, man. Would you rather have the ninth pick and lose it, and not play in the playoffs, or have the the 19th pick and lose in the first round like that's that's the the conversation and that's exactly the conversation that we had years ago when people were like oh you can do it with the seventh pick and we're like well would you rather have the second pick or the seventh pick i'd rather whatever i don't i don't think they're going to i don't think it's realistic i just no you know we got to fucking talk about stuff and we don't get them doing these partnership deals every week yeah it's been a (laughs) yes it's been a conversation around sixers twitter and everything and and it's it's worth like considering the idea because they're not good enough they're they are i'm not saying they're definitely going to land in the play-in but they'll be in the play-in conversation until the last week of the season um, they're just not good enough to to say we're definitely a top four seed. They're not, and every and if they're the sixth seed, then they're in the playing conversation. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. It's it's you know it's a it's a difficult season, and you can take joy in the in the things you take joy in, um, and you can hope for a uh, a nine point miles Powell quarter that uh, makes it all worth it. But right now it's. <laughs> It's uh, it's tough, and I, and you feel for Joel. You watch him like at the ends of games. Yeah. You watch him feel, and and he's like a very I don't know if other if if non Sixers fans can watch him and like know what they're feeling, but we've watched Joel enough to feel like we know what he's feeling. 
And he like really cares. And he really gives a shit. But in games that they lose, you can see him kind of be sluggish, be like not 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 invested, but just like a little bit not all the way present because he's like the team's not he knows the team's not good enough. He knows it. He uh, f- firmly knows it. Even if he doesn't believe in Ben, if he's not begging Ben to come back or whatever because enough's happened between the two of them or it's like it's over, it's beyond. But you can tell that he is like frustrated in those games. And then when when they win, when he makes a big play at the end of any game, like when he picked off that pass at the end from a Marcus Smart off the off the inbounds, like he throws out these like very visceral, physical, emotive fist pumps that you can tell how much he gives a yeah. shit. How much he really, really gives a shit and he wants to win in Boston. He wants to win in Atlanta because he's pissed off by how like he th- he knows how good he is. He knows when he fucks up. He knows when he's not perfect. And at this point with his team around him, he basically has to play a perfect game for them to have a shot. And I just like, I love him so much. I really want them to win for him. I really want the- them to advance past the second round for him. And Daryl and the rest of the team, and I think us as fans, like owe it to him to like remain invested even though it, it sucks right now. And so hopefully a, a Ben trade happens. This I would love it to happen this season. I would love for them to like gear up and and feel like there's co- coalescing around a, a good playoff run. It's just he's just too good not to, and we've 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 had too many seasons where we haven't had a guy like Embiid to be like, okay, let's just tell him to sit down because he's great, and we don't know how long it's going to last for, and I love him. And by the way, I think my MOC is directly in between us on Maxi. I think. I think he is not as high yeah. as you are, and then uh, he thinks more of him than I do. All right, go birds, and uh, we will talk to you later this week. We have one more podcast before the end of the year, and then uh, we're not going to do it unless there's a big trade. So we'll talk to you later this week. Go birds. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. Fuck Joe Webb. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then won't, I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, I, 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 I,